Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on Talk Radio WABC, the number one talk radio station on the entire East Coast. So thank you so much for regular listeners for listening in. And if you're new to the show, we talk about money. We talk about politics. We, we talk about how you can make more money. And so uh, I want to start this afternoon by talking about the calamity that's happened in Washington. and. Um, I wonder if those of you who voted for Joe Biden are having some second thoughts now. I'm not an especially partisan person. I don't think Republicans are the solution to any of our problems, as you can see from the three-ring circus that's going on in the House of Representatives right now. But my gosh, I mean, Joe Biden has the uh, has the opposite Midas touch. I mean, he just destroys everything he's touching right now. And so you see what's happening if the turmoil all over the world, it is such a diametric opposite situation to what we had under Donald J. Trump, whether you like his antics or not, or whether you like the uh, way he acts or not, uh, you got to admit that his policies did create peace and prosperity for this country. And we do not have peace right now, any, virtually anywhere in the world, and we do not have prosperity <laughs> right now. Uh, you know, I'm with the 70% of Americans, and these polls have been consistent now Folks, for the last two years, seven out of 10 Americans say that the economy is in bad shape, and they are right. It is in bad shape. Uh, and they also think that they believe that their own personal finances are in worse shape than they were when Trump was president. And for the, the vast majority of people, that's true, too. And then we have what is going on in Washington. You just heard the news report, by the way, that the uh, uh, national... Uh, federal deficit for the year 2023, which the, the fiscal year ended on um, September 30th, just a few weeks ago, the 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 budget deficit came in at a little under two trillion dollars. Two trillion dollars of borrowing in one year, in in a time, and that was before all this stuff happened with uh, in Israel and and uh, all of these other problems around the world. Now we've got to spend all this extra money. Where's that going to come from? <laughs> We've already blown our wad, folks. We've already spent so much money on green energy programs, social welfare, paying people not to work, all these loan programs, this, that. Oh, we're going to forgive everybody for their student loans. This is a calamity. And, it, and our country is in bad shape right now. And I'm an optimist. For those of you who are regular listeners to my show, I've been doing this now for four years. For those of you who've been following my work for the last... 40 years. I've always been an optimist. I go back to the Reagan era when we really b rebuilt this country. Uh, we had real peace and prosperity in, in the 80s and 90s. And throughout most of, most of the last 30 or 40 years, it's been a pretty good 
period. I think it really started to go downhill uh, with Obama. And by the way, Obama was a real apologist and appeaser of Iran. And then, of course, Trump came in, fixed things, and then Biden comes in, and we're right back to the policies that have led to our current situation. <sighs> Let's start with uh, what is going on um, with uh, the situation in the Middle East. I am not a foreign policy expert. I'm not a military expert. I am a I'm a economics guy. I'm a finance guy. Uh, I want our bills to be paid. Call me old fashioned, but we got to balance this budget. And Biden wants to spend 105 billion dollars more now. Now I know people have very uh, various opinions about how much aid we should be providing to Ukraine and how much aid we should be coming giving to Israel. But I'm here to tell you, if we're going to give that money away, and by the way, I'm skeptical of this because I don't see the money that's gone to Ukraine. I think a lot of that's been intercepted. I don't think a lot of it's actually gone to the freedom fighters in Ukraine. And, um, you know, with respect to Israel, um, I certainly want to help our friends, but, you know, we've got a lot of problems here at home too, that we have to be attentive to. So the point that I've been making, and I know people might disagree with me on this, uh, friends and foes, but I believe that if we're going to spend more money on aid to Israel and humanitarian aid, by the way, that's not really humanitarian aid. It's going to go to Hamas. Do you really think that's going to be used for humanitarian purposes? Um, and Ukraine, then that has to be paid for. It has to be paid for. We have to find the money somewhere else in our $6 trillion budget. And come on, folks, can we find $100 billion? Absolutely, we can. Uh, I was mentioning on Larry Kudlow's show earlier today that why don't we just take the money from all these crazy green energy programs, which aren't working anyway, and divert that money to something that will actually help, which is the aid that we want to provide to um, our allies. And so that's point number one. Another point I want to make, and you can tell if I sound a little irritated today, folks, I am. I'm angry about what's happening to our great country, and it's all because of terrible leadership. And by the way, Republicans are acting like clowns, too. They're acting like clowns. Come on, guys, get it together. Get a speaker. There's four or five people who would do an excellent job. I think Scalise would have been good. I think Jordan would have been good. I think McCarthy was a good speaker. Get somebody in charge, because the problem is right now you are taking on a president who is incompetent, and we need competent leadership in the House of Representatives. But how about this one? Um, my friends at uh, a group called uh, OpenTheBooks.com. And if you've never checked out their website, you should go to it. it. They chronicle how the money in Washington has actually been spent. You know, because when you're spending $6 trillion, that's six with 12 zeros, it's unbelievable where all this money is going and nobody keeps account of it. And we know, you know, how much do you think, do you think of it is wasted or used for duplicative purposes or spent on, uh, crazy programs that have no purpose in our federal government uh, or are obsolete, I, I would say maybe 30%, maybe 30% of our budget is spent on things that we don't need to be spending money on. Maybe I'm being you know, a little bit uh, conservative in that number. But um, th what my friends at the openthebooks.com found, and you're, this is going to make you fall off your seat in rage. We've spent $1 trillion I'm sorry, $1 billion in the last three years under Biden on aid to, uh, 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 to Iran. <laughs> what? How, how stupid is that to be giving money to our enemy? I mean, we kind of deserve to lose if we do that. And that's called appeasement and it has to stop. Um, 
So we'll, we'll talk about all of these things. We'll have a good discussion later in the show about energy. We'll have a good discussion about what's going on in the House of Representatives. Uh, and so stick with us, folks. But you're in for a real treat because this week I had dinner with Doug Burgum, uh, at our committee to unleash prosperity in New York. And he did a fabulous job. He just wowed everybody. Doug Burgum, of course, is running for president. He doesn't get a lot of time when he's on the stage. Uh, he, he got less time than any of the other candidates, but he's one of the most brilliant of all those candidates on the stage. I love the guy. I think he should be commerce secretary or energy secretary. So listen to this interview and you'll find a really bright, incisive, uh, commanding presence in Doug Burgum. Exactly the opposite of what we have right now with uh, with Joe Biden in the White House, and he knows how to do things. And I think he'd be a great commerce or energy secretary for, a, say, a President Trump. So we'll be coming right back with that interview. So hold on, please. And then at the end of the show, I will take a few of your calls at one eight hundred nine two two. What is it? One hundred eight four eight nine two two two. 1-800-848-9222 is the More Money Hotline. I'll take calls at the end of the hour. This is the More Money Show on WABC. Hi, I'm Steve Moore here, uh, co-founder of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. We are going to have a dinner tonight with the great uh, governor of the great state of North Dakota, Doug Burgum. Um, Governor, thanks so much for being here today. Great to be here, Steve. So I got a bunch of questions I want to ask you in our limited time. Let's start with um, this, that... Uh, you know, we became a, an energy powerhouse under Donald Trump. We became not only energy independent, but the n- number one producer of oil and gas in this country. No state led the way more than North Dakota, no small part because of your pro-energy initiatives. Um, what, what is Joe Biden doing? Can you make any sense out of his energy strategy? I, I can't, unless uh, China actually wrote his energy <laughs> right. strategies. That's the only thing Or, or I can maybe include. the Iranians, or maybe the, right. uh, the, Russians. Know, the Russians. Yeah, exactly. You name it. Or Venezuela now, right. yesterday, because uh, lifting sanctions on Venezuela. I mean, across the board, 180 degrees in the wrong direction. Yes. Day one of a Bergam administration, we'll be selling energy to our friends and allies, not buying it from our adversaries. And again, uh, like this... With Venezuela lifting the sanctions, I mean, this is a country, uh, massive human rights violations, yeah. seven and a half people, million people have fled the country, and he's allowing them now to have 600,000 barrels a day of output. He's not coming to... But he said, but uh, Biden says they're going to have fair and open elections now. Of course, because they promised him, just like the Iranians <laughs> said, we're not right. going to do a nuclear weapons. Yeah, so much for Reagan's uh, yeah. trust but verify, yeah, right? exactly. One of the things I really admire about you and like about you, you're one, you know, you are really, I, we don't play favorites here, but you really are truly one of my favorite candidates. And I'll tell you why. Because you are a businessman, you know how to run a business. You tell tell us about how you, you you about the business you created, how you did it, and how you think those business skills could be valuable to you in the White House. Well, more important than ever because we've seen under Obama and Biden what happens when you right. take someone <laughs> right. who's, who's you know never created a job. And, and then right. put them in charge of our economy. And it economy. shows. Right? It absolutely shows. Right. But I, I was, uh, you know, grew up in a small town in North Dakota, had an amazing... Oh, you're a native North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arthur, North Dakota, 300 wow. people. Okay. You know, gravel streets, not a wow. computer. The only paved road is a state highway wow. coming through there. Amazing. So everything I grew up, you know, working was on Was it a farm? farm, or what did your father do? Well, he was managed the local grain elevator, and we, wow. had, and we also had farmland. So right. I worked on the farm. Got I worked it. at the grain elevator. What t- how old ranch. were you when you started working? 
Well, I was in elementary school. Okay. <laughs> you know, I always say this. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, when, when I was at the Wall Street Journal, I met, you know, one of the cool things, we just met so many successful people in every walk of life, whether it's entertainment or sports or business yeah. or finance or politics. Yeah. And one of my you know, theses is that people who grow up on farm, it was interesting how many of these people who were really successful yeah. grew up on a farm. And, he, and I wonder what you think about this. My, my, my uh, thesis is that people grow up on a farm, like my wife, they start working when they're eight or nine years old. Yes. And they develop that work habit yes. and the skills. I mean, is that important, do you well, think? Well, it is, absolutely. And that was a fantastic, great lesson from both my parents. My dad was a World War II Navy vet. Wow. And my dad uh, passed away when I was freshman in high school. Wow. So then after college. You have brothers and sisters? Or? Uh, older brother, older sister. Okay. But my mom, uh, you know, had to go back to work. She wow. was a widow with three kids. Wow. She went back, putting food on the table and gas in the car, just wow. like the economic insecurity we feel today. She was doing that. So I understand what that looks like from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But then I, you know, made it through college Actually, you go? working as a North Dakota State yeah. undergrad. What's the, the, uh, the bison? The bison. Yes. Great school, great athletic people. What know town is that in? It's in Fargo. Fargo, okay. Which is a hopping community <laughs> okay. right now it's on all the right. top ten lists right. yeah. for everything. I mean, best place for young people to start a business. I mean, it's... it's, uh, it's so how did you start your business? Well, well, I was had always been an entrepreneur, including during college. I started a chimney sweeping business <laughs> during an energy wow. crisis right. to help, uh, help uh -huh. pay my way through college. Right. That was that that article on the eight. There's an AP article that went out nationwide about me sitting on top of a chimney when it was 20 below and smoke coming out, top hat and tails. That's what got me into all the top graduate schools of business. I, wow. Absolutely, it is because I yeah. at the last second I made a photocopy of wow. my application. I picked. Where did you end up going? I picked Stanford. Yeah, over pretty the, good choice. I picked Stanford <laughs> over Harvard and some of the others because it was snowbanks yeah, over right. palm trees. I, I couldn't afford right. to go visit the schools, okay. but I just made the decision on a brochure. Okay. But that was fortuitous because yeah. then I was right there at the time when the tech before yeah when the tech revolution was right. just beginning. It wasn't even called wow. Silicon Valley when right. I first went there, and then it was coming out. Yeah. I had an opportunity after grad school. I was working uh, for McKinsey, of course, which was you know headquartered here in New York. I've right. been coming to this city for over four decades, right. but was working out of Chicago there. And I saw an Apple II computer <clears throat> when I was walking down the hallway with VisiCalc, and I'm like, that's going to change everything. I had 160 acres of farm ground that I'd got for my dad. Not enough to farm. You need dry land, wheat farming. You need thousands of acres. Mm -hmm. I took that during a period of high interest rates, I mortgaged that farmland, wow. and that became the seed capital for Great Plains. And we started wow. with less than 10 of us, and we built that into a 2,000-person company, 1,200 in what, what, what? We were doing accounting software for small and mid-sized okay. businesses right. uh, around the world. When we, wow. By the time we, we went public with a Goldman Sachs-led IPO, we had a fabulous run as a public company. Right. We said no to Microsoft twice. Third wow. time around, we got acquired. <laughs> you couldn't say, turn them down. We got acquired. Right. And, and uh, at the time we got acquired, I mean, we had... Uh, 140,000 customers spread in 132 countries. Wow. I had people working for me around the world that didn't, that you know, didn't have the right to vote, didn't have the right to free and speech. What, what made you decide to get into politics? Well, fast forward after yeah. a successful run, I, our whole 2000, we became joined Microsoft. I stayed there for seven years. Are they based in North? They well, have they, a they, facility. They have, they have a big North facility there okay, because all 2000 of us became a Microsoft campus. But I was a global executive for Microsoft for seven years. Wow. We grew that company from 40,000 yeah. to 90,000 people. <laughs> uh, well, so, you've convinced me. Yeah, you have, yeah. you have yeah. the credentials yeah. to do this job. Give us, give us uh, a sense of <coughs> your two or three or four top priorities when you, you said one of them which is to really reverse these crazy energy yep. policies what else day one how are you going to 
change the culture of, well, of Washington? I might be the only governor that's actually cut spending, not slowed the growth. We took office in 20, January of 2017. In the first four months, we cut 27 percent out of the general fund and never every train left on time because what you're talking about, the waste inside of every government job, not just this agency or that agency, every government job, there could be as much as 20 percent of unproductive. We said in North Dakota, we're going to treat the taxpayers like customers. We have our agencies. It's not about, oh, a bigger budget, you're a winner. No, it's better services in your winner. How do oh, we they, do that? But in Washington, I got sorry to interrupt you, but they believe these agency heads, they have, because ex- I've worked in government, they have exactly the opposite mindset. Yes. They think that the more money they spend, the more powerful and influential they have. That's right. that's the kind of mindset that you're going to be up against. Well, I, I saw it even in the state of North Dakota, but you have to break that culturally yeah. and you have to replace a budgeting process with a strategic planning process, okay. get people focused on the outcomes and then focus on what are the what are the metrics we're going to measure and hold you accountable for. So, so with that, then also is red tape. We've cut so much red tape. We passed 51 more red tape reduction bills. We're actually, when I'm your president, we'll be sourcing ideas from small businesses, from families, from large enterprises. What can we do to get the government out of your way? There's so much. When when you stop doing that, you don't need as many federal employees. Imagine having 20% of all the federal employees released back to the private sector because the work that they were doing doesn't add any value. That's One of the things that we're big on, and you know, we have Steve Forbes and Art Laffer and Larry Kudlow, is the flat tax idea. Yes. And you have a pretty low income tax. I'd love to see North Dakota get rid of your income tax entirely, but what do you think of the flat tax? Well, we think it's great, and we were driving this year. We came very close. We have effectively the lowest flat tax right. in the yeah, nation. You're low. Uh, we got it down. But to, what about for? Can, could we oh, do it in Washington? Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. you could get rid of all the costs and red tape associated with the tax savings. Last question. So, uh, if you are the Republican nominee for president, uh, you may be running against the governor of California. I actually am doubtful that Biden will be their nominee. So uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, now if you, let's just say that you were running against Gavin Newsom in California. What would you, what would you be saying about that state? Do we really want America to look like California? The only, the only thing that would make me happier than uh, running against Biden would be running against a, uh, someone who's tried to eliminate internal combustion vehicles, <laughs> right. who has more of them in their state than any other, <laughs> right. than any other uh, state in the nation. I mean, it makes no sense. We, Catherine and I were out there for a wedding last fall. While we were there, we were trying to catch uh, a look at a North Dakota State Bison game we turned on the game before the wedding on a Saturday afternoon, a public service announcement came on. This is the week that they passed the bill to ban internal combustion engines. It came on and it said, warning, you know, don't plug your car in between 4 and 10 p.m. And then another one came on, a public service announcement, and it said, these are the things you need to do to prepare for a power outage. This is, in, this is October of 2022, and we're in North Dakota, where we generate enormous amounts of base load, and we can decarbonize liquid fuels. We're doing it in North Dakota. It's innovation, not regulation. Uh, we will achieve all the goals that people want to achieve relative to low-carbon-intensive fuels, low-carbon-intensive steel. We'll do it all through innovation. Governor, <laughs> love your message. Yes. It's fantastic. Thank you again for attending. I'm, t- I'm talking to Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota. Appreciate your doing this. We're really looking forward to your comments tonight. And anything we can do to help, again, we don't choose sides, but anything we can do in terms of providing you with the information and the research and the uh, and the knowledge that you need, you know, when you become president, if you do. By the way, if you don't, let's say, because right, look, right now people are saying, well, it looks like Trump is, you know, has obviously a pretty big lead. Would you support 
uh, Trump if he is the nominee? I've been uh, signed a pledge that I'll support the Republican nominee against any of the folks that are driving our country in the wrong direction. But, of course, the reason I'm running is because I'm... We need you. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. New York's home for entertaining talk. Streaming now on your smart speaker. Just say... Play 77 WABC. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, the markets fell sharply as the 10-year Treasury yield crossed 5% for the first time in 16 years. Concerns over higher rates weighed on the market all during the week. The S&P lost 2.4%. The Dow dropped 1.6%, while the tech-heavy NASDAQ shed 3.2%, notching its second straight week of losses. It was a case of good news is bad news for the financial markets. You know, if Mark Twain was still around, he would have reported the death of the consumer has been greatly exaggerated, as the economy has been resilient because consumers have continued to spend. This week, retail sales rose to a new record high, while industrial production was better than expected, leading the Atlanta Fed at GDP Now tracking model to show real GDP grow at a whopping 5.4% in the third quarter. That's great news for stocks and confirms the belief that third quarter earnings will come in at a record high. Indeed, earnings seasons got off to a great start with the big banks beating analyst expectations for the quarter. Good news for the economy, but bad news for the Fed. In a widely anticipated speech delivered to the Economic Club of New York, Powell evaded committing to a specific policy path, saying that the bank is inclined to hold interest rates steady at the November meeting. In other words, another pause, while leaving open the possibility that we could see higher rates in the future if the economy does not slow down. After that comment, bond yields moved higher. So for now, inflation and the Fed 
are holding the bond market hostage, while the bond market is holding the stock market hostage, in spite of the fact that news on inflation has been relatively good. Inflation has fallen from 9% to just under 4% in a relatively short period of time. The really good news regarding inflation, as I mentioned last week, is that you exclude shelter, the core CPI inflation rate, rose just 2% during September and is already at the Fed's 2% target. Price inflation appears to be remarkably transitory, not sticky or persistent like we baby boomers experienced while we were growing up. Of course, anything can happen short term. There's plenty of fear and anxiety driving volatility right now. But with inflation moderating, and if it continues its current downtrend, bond yields will be soon to follow. Hey, my son Ryan and I, we have 75 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you need to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. And now we get to our segment when we talk to two of the financial ex-country, Bob and Ryan Payne, and they give us advice about how to make more money every week. So, gentlemen, thanks, as always, for joining. Uh, Bob, you've been in this business a long time. You've lived through these kind of periods of financial uh, and geopolitical turmoil, as we're seeing in um, Ukraine and now in the Middle East. Does that mean that people as investors should hunker down? Does this change your investment strategy? That's one thing you shouldn't do, Steve, because I think, you know, when you have geopolitical events, negative events, I mean, a horrible attack on Israel like we had, you know, last week, um, you know, makes people more fearful of the future, but it doesn't impact markets as much as you think they, they will. So you have to look at the big picture. So you're saying um, overall, people tend to yep. over, you're saying people overreact sometimes investors I think you know more than ever uh, because uh-huh. of you know the media kind of stresses the fear factor you know more more the negatives than the positives and so uh, Ryan when it comes to the economy here at home uh, it looks like the latest forecast for the GDP for the third quarter is going to be somewhere close to five percent which is a pretty pretty darn good number we do have problems with the economy for sure but you've been pretty bullish uh on the u.s economy and the markets uh are you uh are you still pleased with the way things are going and also do you agree with bob that you should keep your investment strategy pretty much intact even though we have all this turmoil all over the world um yeah, I do. I mean, to your point, I mean, it is remarkable. I mean, everyone remember, was calling for a recession this year, and now we're going to have somewhere between 4 and 5% GDP growth, Yeah, which is a lot of growth in yeah. a quarter. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, I think the bottom line is that's going to soften, right? And the markets look forward. They're not looking at what's happening now. They're looking at what's going to happen. Um, right. And we do think that growth is going to slow. But I think the important thing is we have a saying at paying capital management, it's slow growth is better than no growth, Steve. <laughs> and mm-hmm. as long as we see that things are incrementally growing, uh, and we do, the economy, we think inflation is going to continue to moderate here. You know, that rent shelter component uh, of the uh, CPI number is a big component of it. It's a lag. So we should see those CPI numbers continue to come down. And if the labor market continues to stay strong like we think it will, 
um, we still think, you know, the narrative doesn't really change, even with all the geopolitical issues going on right now. There was a a piece in, uh, I think it was Bloomberg, one of the major financial papers this week, talking about how with these higher mortgage rates, I mean, one of the big stories of the week, Bob, was the 8% mortgage rate, which is a lot higher than the 3% mortgage rate we had when Trump was president. Uh, And they were saying in this article that that's costing the average new home buyer about $1,500 more a month in their mortgage payment. That's a lot of money. Uh, so I, that makes me concerned about the housing market. Should I be? Well, first of all, Steve, I, that it's already impacted. Mortgage applications are the lowest readings we've seen since probably the mid 1990s. Uh, wow. So I think you're going to see Wait, what, what number was, What number is that you, you were saying? The, is that I'm mortgage applications? Mortgage, <laughs> yeah, mortgage applications. The purchase yeah. of new and existing homes are down to the lowest readings we've seen since you know mid 1990s. So wow. it's definitely impacting the housing market already. Um, so you're seeing housing construction, even though it was really strong in September, you know, for both single family and multifamily, uh, I think it's going to, you start to see housing starts trend down, um, which is what the, you know, what the Fed really wants to see happen. They want to see the economy slow. They don't want to see a global recession, but they want to see it slow. With the, uh, with those numbers, though, you would expect, uh, home values to go down, uh, although you're right, there's a shortage of how it's a weird situation because you've got a, a shortage of housing and yet, yeah. you know, the value of some of these homes are coming down because of the higher mortgage rates. It's hard. It's hard to figure out, Ryan, how to play this. Well, I think it, it speaks to the fact that you're not going to see the housing market fall off a cliff like it did in 08 and 09 because we had a we had a supply issue then too, but we had too much supply. <laughs> now we right. don't have enough supply. Right. Um, right. You know, the problem is unaffordability is still extremely high. Um, and this will probably slow the market, market down to some extent. But you got to remember, prices are still well above where they were pre-pandemic for housing. So, you know, ho- housing prices are starting to weaken a little bit here because of the higher interest rates. But it's not moving that much, uh, which is another reason why we don't think this economy is going to fall off a cliff. Now, it does make it very hard for, for everyday Americans, and I don't think we can discount that, Steve. Um, it's really mm-hmm. hard now with oil prices as high as they are, food prices, and the affordability on homes. I think these are all problems. But you know, you have to look at it in the context of the fact that we do have a strong labor market, and we do have inflation coming down, and we do have probably positive GDP growth next year, which says this economy is not going to recession, even though there's a lot of stress on the average American. So we just got a couple minutes left, but I wanted to ask you both about the issue with respect to um, Americans' personal family financial situation. Uh, as I'm reading the picture, and maybe I don't have the most accurate view, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like what's been happening over the last couple of years when you've seen consumer spending so strong is that consumers have been um, – there's been a wealth effect, you know, the, the strong – increase in housing values, and that's one of the main assets that Americans have, and also the increase in the stock market, because it's been a bullish market. Uh, and so my question is, can can, can the consumer continue to uh, carry this economy on, on his back the way it's been over the last few years? Bob, why don't we start with you? Well, Steve, the most recent report we had on retail sales was up big, surprised the market. Yeah. So the consumer, yes, is, is still consuming, right? Industrial yep. production was up. So I yep. have to agree with Ryan. You know, we have we have such good news in terms of the GDP number, the unemployment number, inflation, which was over 9% a year ago, is now under 4%. So, you know, I think that um, 
there's always the fear like, okay, consumers are spending, but will they keep spending? Right. We've been hearing that yeah. from economists for the past year. And, you know, when it, when it comes to investing, it's not about where we are. It's about where you need to go. And that's as we're right. financial planners and you can, you know, you can buy treasury bonds now to 5% yield. You can put money in municipal bonds where if depending on your tax bracket, Steve, you're getting a seven to 8% pre-tax wow. equivalent return. Yeah. So, we have a higher probability of getting our clients to their goals now based on where the valuations are and where the yields are in the market. It's it's a really good time to be an investor. Ryan, continue to be bullish. That's your uh, theme, and you've been right about that for the last 18 months for sure. Uh, are you going to stick with that message? Yeah, keep your eye on the prize here. Look, I mean, we had a lot of volatility last October yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Remember, the S&P 500 was 3,500 then. It's at 4,200 today, even with yeah. the sell-off. So yeah. the arrow is pointing in the right direction uh, in the bigger picture. Uh, earnings are going up. We're going to have double digits earning growth next year. To Bob's point right now, you can get the best yields we've had since 2007. Yep. And we get valuations on stock, the stocks that are very reasonable. It's time to buy. <laughs> Don't wait. Time to buy. All right, uh, folks, that is Bob Ryan, uh, Ryan Payne of Payne Capital Management. Gentlemen, thanks as always. We'll be right back. This is the More Money Show. Hey, and if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, Bob and Ryan, we get it. The world's not going to end very often. It doesn't, in fact. Uh, I need to get on top of my retirement plan. I need to figure out what I'm doing right now. Well, here's your shot to do it. With all the volatility going on, get a clear picture of where you need to go. We're going to keep 10 slots open for the whole show. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. We're going to go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal. There's not a firm out there that will do this work up front. We're going to give you a bird's eye view of everything you're doing now and hone in on every issue you need to address today, whether it's an income plan for retirement. You need income in retirement. You need to figure out the best way to take Social Security, how to draw from your portfolio without running out of money and factoring in inflation. Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years. We're going to put together a full dynamic income plan to make sure that you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Market's been like a yo-yo here. Your portfolio has been up and down as well. Or have you been sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis, can't figure out what to do? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, tie it to your goals, but protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high-cost, tax-inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, insurance product, brokerage product, mutual fund, structured product. We're going to do a deep dive of every single investment you own show you how to reduce the cost on your portfolio and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. You'll get Bob and I's full tax playbook. We literally have 10 slots if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, but no other firm will do the work for you that we will do if you just text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692 or just simply call 844 plan NYC, that's 844 PL 
A-N-N-Y-C. So, Bob, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. You know, we spend most of our time just focusing on doing financial reviews for existing clients, new clients that come in. And we found there's a lot of these blind spots that I would say it's almost scandalous how badly some financial matters that we find in your, your financial analysis uh, that you need to address correctly and you're not doing it. And I think one of the big ones that we see when we do these portfolio reviews is you tend to have a lot of high fees and very tax inefficient financial products, which is a big problem when you're trying to build your portfolio for retirement. Yeah, well, first of all, Rye, financial planning is very different than investing, right? Investing is just one component of financial planning. So the first thing you have to do is have a goal in mind, right? You have to have a destination of knowing what you own and, and know why you own it. And part of that is having a low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolio. And like you said, it's scandalous. We very rarely see the connection between the product being sold and what the client has in mind in terms of achieving their goals. It's really wild. And I think one of the biggest culprits that we see are just having mutual funds is sitting in your brokerage accounts, right? Because mutual funds pay out taxes every year, whether you made money or not. <laughs> and like to me, what's more of an insult to injury than having a loss on your mutual fund, but it's still paid out capital gains that you have to pay taxes on? So, you know, when some, you look no. at just a different go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're, no, that's okay. Um, no, no, just saying, and that's, you know, I think that's, that's really important is, you know, why would you even own a product like that when there's much more efficient ways now to manage your money? Well, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal every day, I read Barron's every weekend, and there's at least an article once a month telling you about how professional money managers, specifically mutual funds, have underperformed their underlying index and net of fees, and then net of taxes, it's almost 100% going back forever. I'm just wondering why. We still have a mutual fund industry. Is it? It's because the 401k industry supports them? I'm not really sure. But you <laughs> want to be certain that you don't have a high-cost, tax-inefficient investment in your portfolio. It's actually acting as a headwind, preventing you from achieving your financial goals. Forget about just making money. How about achieving your goals and being comfortable knowing that you're going to get there and you're not going to get there with those products? Yeah. And it's like we say every week, it's now what you make, it's what you take, right? So, you know, getting a big return on your money, but then paying a lot of tax on it might end up being very little return, you know, whereas you can get a lower return on a much more tax efficient portfolio where you're taking less risk and it's more money in your pocket. So you really have to analyze that. The other one that I see right now that we analyze a lot of portfolios is maybe you're in a high tax bracket, yet you still own taxable bonds. You know, treasury bonds, you still pay the federal government on that 5% interest. You know, whereas, whereas tax-free bonds right now, for if you're a high taxpayer in the New York area, New Jersey, Connecticut, well, guess what? You're much better off with tax-free bonds uh, versus taxable bonds, even if you're getting 5% right now, because when you factor in that federal tax, it's not pretty, Bob, what you actually take home versus what the government takes. No, it's really not. And and traditionally, you you have a very safe investment in the municipal bond because they're backed by municipalities that can, you know, if they don't have the money, they can increase taxes, right? They can cut their budget. There's lots of things they can do to, you know, cover the, the loan that you're making to a municipality in, in order to get that tax-free income. And, you know, when you look at investing rights, about compounding, right? And that's one of the beauties of having rates as high as they are right now is because it's not just the interest and in income you're going to generate, but the ability to reinvest that income. And if you're reinvesting it 
tax-free, right? You don't have the participation of the federal or state or local government. Um, I think that tax-free is music to my ears. Yeah, yeah, it's it is great music, Bob. <laughs> tax-free. The other big issue that I see when we look at review what people's financial plans look like right now is a lot of times you have a financial advisor who doesn't speak to your tax professional, who doesn't speak to your estate attorney. And really, you want all these working together, right? You can't have your financial planner not talking to your accountant because taxes and as we were talking about your investment portfolio are so interlinked. And when it comes to just building a portfolio in an estate to make sure that it goes to the right people when you're not on God's green earth, you really need what we call that financial dream team. You know, you want to make sure you have the best professional on the estate side, tax side, and financial advisory side, but you want them all talking together, working together to make sure you have the best plan. And most of you don't do it that way. Well, I agree with you, Ry. Having the best plan means having the best in class advisor in each discipline, right? You want to have the right certified financial planner working on your plan. You want to have the right CPA who understands the complexities of your tax situation. And most importantly, you want to have the state attorney who understands the needs of your children and your grandchildren, right? Every plan should be a multi-generational plan. And if you have one person who holds himself out as an expert in all three disciplines, well, you know what? You have the wrong person, right? No one can know the intricacies of every bit of that financial planning. And so you need a quarterback. You need someone who's going to coordinate these issues. And it all starts with a written financial plan that you update on an annual basis because, you know what? We have Washington, right? They change the rules all the time, right? And if you're not uh, you know, adjusting your plan accordingly, you know, you're going to get a big surprise. Or maybe you're not, but your family's going to get a big surprise if you're not here to handle it. Yeah, no, it, it's a big deal. And I think the other big issue that we see when you're running those pr retirement projections, trying to make sure that you don't run out of money, which is critical, is looking at inflation and healthcare costs, right? It's great to have the income coming in you need today. But as we always say, your costs are going to double over the next 20 years because inflation goes up. And you know, a lot of times now that we're living longer, you've got to account for much bigger healthcare costs because you know there's going to be more health issues if you live longer. You know, having a quarter of a million dollars set aside or half, what does that do to your portfolio? So these are questions you have to ask, and these are all well, we like to say is like putting your portfolio under the stress test to make sure that you can live comfortably through retirement. And most of us don't do that. You know, we were talking to Steve earlier about the, the consumer spending. Well, it's all my generation's fault, right? We so supposedly the latest reports, there's uh, $75 trillion con controlled by the baby boomers who, like a lot of my friends now, are retired. They're, they're, they, don't, they don't cook in, right? They go out to dinner every night, and we're living longer, and we're, we're a healthier generation as a result of that, uh, but we're using medical doctors more, right? We're going to see more, uh, more of our, uh, using more of our medical resources, and that's why there's such a demand, you know, for employment in, you know, services, in the medical field. And it should be a message to everybody. You know, you're going to live longer than the prior generation. You know, the health care out there is so much better than ever in history. Um, and you're going to have those expenses. And if you don't account for those in your financial plan, you're making a big mistake. The last thing you want to do is run out of money in retirement, right? You want your money to outlive you. You don't want to outlive your money. Yeah. So the question is, I mean, have you bulletproofed your portfolio? Are you sure you're in good shape with inflation, with health care costs, making sure taxes in your portfolio are the most efficient possible? Are you paying the least amount of tax 
Well, here's a shot to do it. We still have five slots left. We'll keep them open for the entire show. If you saved over retirement, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. We literally look at everything. There's not a firm out there that will do this work up front. We go as far as building you, your own financial portal. We're going to give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life and just hone in on every financial issue you need to address today. Do you have that income plan for retirement? How do you take Social Security? There's a lot of ways to take it. One right way to you. Have you factored in inflation? Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years. We're going to put together a full dynamic income plan, show you how to draw from your portfolio where you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile for the last two years. Has your portfolio been up and down, way too volatile? Or have you been sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis, can't really figure out what to do? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, tie it to your goals, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you those hoities, insurance products, brokerage products, structured products, Bob and I every investment you own. We're going to show you where all the hidden costs are, and we're going to show you how to reduce that cost and opt for taxes again. It's not what you make. It's what you take. We're going to give you our full tax playbook to optimize for taxes. We have five slots left if you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next four callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. But you won't have a plan if you don't text or call. That's 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Simply go to BeBullish.com. That's BeBullish.com. You can get more about what we do here at our firm. And stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. We've got about 12 minutes left until the top of the hour, so I've left the best for last. We have as a special guest uh, on the show this afternoon, Fred Zeidman. And Fred is a perfect 
uh, guests to talk about these turbulent times, what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening with our energy policy. Fred is the uh, former chairman, by the way, of the United States Holocaust Museum, and he is also um, was the uh, co-sponsor of something called the Council for a Secure America. Uh, he co-sponsored that with my friend Harold Hamm of Continental Energy. And so, Fred, thanks so much for joining this afternoon. Hey, Steve, it's my pleasure. Obviously, it's a good Houstonian. I've got to ask if you watched the end of the baseball game last night. I did watch the end of that game. That was uh, the walk-off homer, right? That was the, the well. It wasn't quite the walk-off. We had to strike out three Rangers afterward. Uh, amazing. But yes, <laughs> that's correct. These games anyway, have been amazing. It's been incredible. Both the... I hate to bring that up, but I sort of have to. So. Yeah, well, who do you root for? Do you root for Houston or uh, the Tex or uh, Dallas? Well, look, I, Steve, you know, you've been down in this part of the world enough that you know. <laughs> and, you know, I used to get questions all the time about, aren't you rooting for the Dallas uh, uh, Cowboys? And I used to say, <laughs> y'all guys just, you guys just don't understand Texas. There's an yeah, animosity. Right. <laughs> there's an animosity between Houston and Dallas, a competition. Yep that makes that fight in the uh, eighth inning last night of the baseball game (laughs) look like a a playground spat. There you uh, go. Well, it's it's almost as bad as the rivalry between Texas and Texas A&M, right? The Aggies and the Longhorns. That's that's correct. That's correct. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get down to it, Fred. Uh, So um, I wanted to ask you about what's happening with energy policy. Uh, You are one of the world's experts on this, having been in the business for so many years and also being the co-sponsor of a major uh, National Security Energy uh, Commission. Wh- why are we doing what we're doing, Fred? I mean, my my listeners call in every week and they do not understand the rationale behind the war on American energy that Joe Biden has launched. And now we're seeing the bitter fruits of that. So w- what is your reaction? Well, my reaction, uh, you know, first of all, and it goes even beyond that, go look at, in addition uh, to the uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, uh, yep. And what he's done with that. But, Steve, let, let me just tell you that, uh, you know, and I hope your listeners are, are aware or about to be, uh, uh, that, uh, that this started the very, very first day he took office. Uh, one of his promises yep. to yep. his constituents was that he was going to do away with fossil fuel. Well, number one, you can't do away with fossil fuel because all of alternative energy right. relies on fossil fuel for its right. raw material. And for its yep. parts. And so the, the biggest issue you get into, uh, and if you look at this whole evolution uh, of what he's done and what he's continued to do, if you remember the very, very first day, his first act as president Killing this pi- pipeline. was to cancel the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah, right. And let me tell you how, had we not done that, we never would have had a problem. The Keystone Pipeline could carry, was carrying that, could carry. Uh, yeah. eight, about 800,000 to a million yeah. barrels a day uh, of oil. Well, you know, there's only three ways, maybe four ways, of, uh, of transporting oil. So you can produce all the oil in the world in the Bakken Shale or anywhere else or in the, in, in the case of the yeah. Keystone Pipeline in Canada. But you got to get it down to the refineries in Galveston, right. Texas. And right. uh, you can only do it by truck, by train, or by pipeline. And uh, if you think or by liquefying it, but you certainly can't liquefy it and ship it from North Dakota. Uh, they don't even have a they don't have a creek big enough to, to ship it. Uh, 
but the trains are full. Uh, I was 15 minutes late for my haircut today because uh, one of the trains running from the from happened to cross my path before I could get to the barbershop. But uh, uh, the trains are full and the trucks are full. So by doing that, he absolutely cut off any yeah. chance of additional production. Look, all yeah. producers were happy to produce all in the world that they that they could, except that they're not going to spend the money to produce oil and then leave it sitting in the ground because there's nothing they can do to it. Even if you bring it out of the ground, you're going to put it in storage tanks. That's incredibly expensive and makes no sense. So, uh, so uh, Fred, one that. question that our one question that our uh, listeners ask me a lot, and you're the expert, so I've been meaning to ask you about this. Is sure, uh, you know, people say, well, we just don't have enough oil to be able to produce more, but uh, we estimate we could be producing three or four or five million more barrels a day if oh, we easily. just stuck with the Trump policies. What do you think? Easily, easily, easily. Look, I mean, half yeah. of the country is sitting on shale, uh, and yeah. you know, yep. uh, yeah. uh, uh, shale. You, you're not discovering oil. You don't have dry holes with shale. Uh, you have some little issue with whether they produce more or less, uh, but it's all there. And, I mean, look, I, you uh, know, I ironically, right. Steve, our mutual good friend Harold Hamm was here, and he was here on his book tour, which uh, uh, I, th I think the last time I saw you might have been at the book signing in New York. I don't remember if we saw each other uh, have seen each other. Well, were you were you at the big event they had in Oklahoma City? I don't remember whether no, you were. No, at... well, let, let, let me tell you that was an incredible event, but it, it was unfortunately it was on Yom Kippur, which is okay. our holiest yeah. day of the year. So uh, I was sitting in synagogue fasting all day, and I didn't get to make it. And I've heard so many marvelous, marvelous things about it. I've asked him if he could do it again, just so I could attend. Uh, but, but uh, uh, you know, w w when he was here and I introduced him, I said, you know, everyone in the United States of America, except the U except Houstonians, think that you discovered fracking. In Houston, we think it was George Mitchell because he did the same thing down here at the same time uh, Harold was. And Harold said, you know, one of the biggest problems we have is that we need to quit calling it fracking and have to start calling, calling it horizontal drilling. Because that's what it absolutely is. So the the fact of the matter, we can produce all in the world. Uh, we, we've got it all here. Plus, if you look at the uh, uh, natural gas production and the amount of natural gas that gets burned every night, uh, I was up on one of the other ranches with one of the other producers uh, in the Bakken one night. It was about 1130 at night, which is about when the sun went down. And I went outside to get a breath of fresh air. And uh, 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 the the uh, rancher's wife walked outside with me, and she said, "Look, isn't it beautiful?" And uh, uh, you know, we're looking out over their ranch, fifty five thousand acre ranch, Putin. and it looked like downtown New York City. And uh, I, it, it Fred and, and Joyce Evans, and I said, "I said, Miss Evans, yeah, but don't you yeah. realize that's all your money burning up there? I mean, what would what would what would happen?" If we captured all that oil, when I was in Saudi Arabia, I asked the crown prince in my meeting with him, you know, right. having experienced this up in the shale, I said, how much flaring do you do? And he laughed at me and he said, zero, we capture everything. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we got nothing to do with it. It, it. You know, There's no way to move it if you capture it here under these current policies. And then, you know, see what he did on top of that. Then he finally yep. said, okay, I'm going to loosen up. I'm going to allow drilling. 
okay, he's allowing drilling, but he wouldn't allow leasing on federal right. land. Yeah. So right. And, and don't forget, by the way, Fred, the uh, these environmental restrictions that uh, exactly. that you know exactly. make it so expensive to drill. Yep. Yep. And then on top of that, once he said, okay, we're going to start leasing, they wouldn't give you a permit. So you can't drill without yeah. a permit. So it is yeah. mind-boggling what he has gone through. Uh, so, I will Fred, tell you one of the biggest yeah. mistakes in, I don't judgment if you want to call it that, that I made, the day that he canceled the uh, Republican, I mean the Republican, the, uh, uh, the Keystone yeah. Pipeline, uh, I said, you know, this could be the best thing that ever happened to the Republicans, but this was in 20, right? I said, because by mm -hmm. 22, you're going to see a doubling or tripling of prices at the pump. And once that happens, that's got to just do anything, you know, that, that's got to turn the house yeah. back over to us. Well, it didn't do that. I mean, the, yeah, yeah prices doubled, but people have absorbed it. I guess they're still blaming all the Texans for stealing all the money and making <laughs> all the profit, which isn't true. Uh, uh, but, but, but that being said, uh, you know, there's, there's your issue. I mean, we're looking at these inflationary prices uh, we were out, uh, I had a meeting this morning. I was with my family and I said, golly, I wish I had brought my, uh, I, 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 I'd driven my car out here. I mean, gas prices in rural uh, Houston out in Harris County uh, were about a buck and a half less uh, yeah. than prices here in town. And I will tell you, I mean, because I went through this this morning and I don't know what y'all are now paying in, in, in New York. or Well, we're uh, paying, we're paying, uh, we're paying about four twenty a gallon, and it was about two forty a gallon before. Right. So it's about a fifty percent increase. And yeah. you know, Fred, uh, I wanted to mention something to you. You know, in our hotline, which I know you get every morning, we had a, a story about the green groups that are promoting this anti-fossil fuels agenda. You're not going to believe this, and I'd like your uh, your reaction to this. So they want to um, abolish steel and concrete for buildings because they use too much fossil fuels. And instead, you're not going to believe this, Fred. You're, you're going to think I'm making this up. They want to use bamboo and they want to use biomass and wood for buildings. Now, well, that come on. That'll it's, work if there's no wind. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, right. They're going to guarantee you. Look, I, you know, I, I, Steve, I said, you know, the day that, uh, the day that he drained the pipeline as much as he did, 500,000 barrels, yeah. I said, is he guaranteeing us that there will be no natural disasters? You know, the, the uh, yeah. strategic pipeline was put in place. I mean, you can't make this stuff yeah. up. What yeah, are they going to do it's basically, any storm? It, any storm, yeah, even a strong wind. Yeah. Right, look, you could, right around Houston, Texas, after any strong yeah. hurricane, not hurricane, any strong yeah. storm, and see how many trees are laying down yeah. across the road, right? <laughs> well, I'm, ta I'm, I'm talking to Fred Zeidman, who is uh, one of the world's expert on energy policies. Fred, you are the best. I appreciate you taking some time out of your Saturday afternoon to join us. Uh, Fred Zeidman is right, by the way, folks. We're running on empty on our, on our strategic reserve, and we've got all this turmoil in the Middle East. We have the strategic reserve for crises like this, and we're not, we don't have the, the oil because Biden has depleted it. This is a president who's not at putting America first, folks, but you all do because you listen to The More Money Show. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be back same time next week. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.